0: Welcome to the Shelf Wormers Podcast, the show about toys, why we like them, and their connection
1: to bigger topics. I'm your co-host Darby, and today we're going to talk about the new DC Universe.
0: And I'm your co-host Sugu, and join us tonight as we discuss the new generational trauma that DC is putting on us. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Before we begin, by way of introduction, I'm Darby Harn, a freelance writer and editor and an independent author. Publishers Weekly called my novel Ever the Hero an entertaining debut, which uses superpowers as a metaphor to delve into class politics and an alternate America. You can find more information about me and my books at DarbyHarn.com. I'm also on Twitter at Darby And
0: I'm Sugu, your co-host. I work in IT and education, and I'm also passionate about writing and story. You can find some of my travel writings on allaboutjapan.com where I've written various articles about my life and perspectives in Japan. Tonight we're going to talk again WTF Warner Brothers <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Warner Brothers Discovery I think is their name now. Uh, mm-hmm. but before we get into that we got we have some housekeeping that we'd like to do. Uh, Darp, what's going on?
1: Yeah, just real quick, I wanted to um, give people some news about uh, my upcoming book, uh, Stargun Messenger. We talked about it on our Trunk Novels episode, Uh, so a couple things real quick. Um, Number one, uh, during the month of March, if you have a NetGalley account, uh, we talked about this before too with Ever the Hero, but... Uh Messenger is on NetGalley for the month of March. So if you have a NetGalley account, you can download it for free. And I would appreciate if you want to be a kind person and leave a review in the usual places, <laughs> Goodreads, Amazon, uh, you can do that. And so if you're just a reader, if you're a bookseller, if you're a librarian, you can get the book right now. Um, and that'll be for the month, month of March. So once again, uh, and we'll include a link in the description um, once again I want to thank the folks at uh, the science fiction uh, Writers Association for giving me the opportunity to get the book up on netgalley and then in advance of the release this time ever the hero obviously was ex post facto so this was this is a big deal um, uh, to get the book out in front of uh, as many people as possible so that I appreciate that and I'd appreciate. Um, anybody going to download it and uh, leaving their review, leaving their feedback, um, every little bit helps. So um, the cover reveal uh, for Stargon will be on March, so probably by the time you hear this, uh, will be on March 16th, um, and that'll be doing this will be a little bit broader bigger than what i've done in the past so this will be um featured on numerous websites um on march 16th the reveal for Stargun messenger so look forward to that we'll we'll boost that from the instagram account for folks who are interested in any of this uh so look forward to that um if you're interested and then one thing too that i would like to do haven't really talked to sugu about it yet because um We've just been so busy with everything. But I think one thing I would like to do that I've been thinking about is um, to do a giveaway. So when we get, so the book officially comes out on May 5th, let me say that. Um, I think one thing I'd like to do maybe on the pod is do a giveaway for a signed paperback copy. uh, And we can talk details and things like that. But around the time the book comes out. Um, we can do something like that, and, um, and so we'll, when we get closer to that, we'll have some particulars, but um, I imagine it will involve um, uh, some kind of fun something, something different. So, um, But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there, let people know what's going on. Uh, going to be a lot of uh, news here in the next 60 days. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, just about two months here before we get to the book. And, um, I'll have a lot of news and, uh, a lot of, uh, stuff happening around Stargun going into the summer. Um, so, um, yeah, more to come.
0: Cool. Well, congratulations. And, uh, yeah, more details will, will come. Great. All right. So WTF Warner Brothers.
1: (laughs) Um... So we've been late to the DCU party. So James Gunn, on the very end of January, I think it was the 31st, announced the initial uh, DCU slate. for. So he's come in and taken over. the rebooting the DC Universe there at Warner Brothers. And he announced the slate. So we're a little bit behind. Uh, so it may not serve us to do sort of a... Um, we're not breaking any news or anything, but there's been a lot of news since. And I thought, you know, it's one of the things I, I would like to talk about sort of the slate in general, some things in particular, I think what is interesting to us and what isn't, especially vis-a-vis things we've talked about in the past. Cause we've talked a lot in the past about DC warners, the problems and challenges they've had. Uh, we've had some interesting feedback on the pod. I had, I had someone tell me just recently, they called me <laughs> to tell me that they had listened to one of our DC episodes. And I forget which one it is because we've done a few, but it was one, might've been the Batgirl one. Um, and they just wanted to let, to uh, let me know a couple things, but in general that they, <laughs> they agreed with our general sort of <laughs> stance. And that was, that was recorded that was last year sometime late last year. So sure. when we did that episode, so a lot has changed since then, a lot has sort of continued to develop since January. So I thought it might be interesting just kind of, just kind of take a pulse and see where we are uh, relative to um, DC at the moment, because there's a lot of change on the horizon. James Gunn is very ambitious in his uh, slate, uh, there's a lot of controversy about it. Shocker. Um, and there's a lot in it uh, that people are very happy about. Uh, there's some things in there I'm really excited about. And of course, as always, there's some head scratchers. But um, So I guess. <laughs> we, right. You know, I guess it's kind of where do we want to start? Where, where should we start with all of this? Should we just do an yeah. overview of.
0: I okay so I'll be honest in preparation for this episode I did nothing. Um mm. I the the story changed so often that I realized I can't even keep up. I I can't I I don't have the bandwidth to pay attention to this cuz it's not breaking it's just a lot of speculations. Um It's a lot of speculation yeah. Yeah, so I, I just can't keep keep track of it. The two bits of pieces, uh, the two bits of information that I have heard, and I don't even know like how important this is or anything like that. But one mm-hmm. is apparently the flash trailer is out, and it I is. saw that with Michael Keaton in the bat suit, yeah. saying I'm Batman. All right. Yeah, we can talk about that. And the other piece of information is that now apparently people are clamoring and saying that they should get rid of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman because the Wonder Woman in the Suicide Squad game is the definitive Wonder Woman and that's what they should uh, emulate. Now, I'm I'm head-scratcher on that one because... A video game does not have a real actor. <laughs> that I is haven't a heard CGI this creation.
1: So, yeah, I haven't heard that. I've heard, there's a lot of chirping going on from sort of the Snyderverse folks who are fans of the the Snyderverse and it, its actors and movies, and so there's a lot of people that are angry about henry cavill not coming back as superman that want to see gal gadot continue that want to see ben affleck etc um i will say one of the there's still one of the things i do i don't think is working in the james Gunn era so far is that he is still trying to um you know trying to play both sides of the fence which is the problem to this point in the dc universe DCEU is that there has been a a real lack of integration and cohesiveness that is continuing because as James Gunn comes in and says we got to reboot we're starting over clean slate that's not true and it's not true on a number of fronts and that includes Gal Gadot because he's left publicly he's left the door open for her I just assume now one of the biggest things that's changed in the last couple months is, is that the door is wide open for her to continue I just assume that's the case I don't think he would okay. publicly state that he that she's welcome to come back and then, and close the door on her. So we'll, we'll but see. That being said, we'll
0: Warner brothers has done that, right? Like they've closed the door on several, several of their actors. So they haven't
1: most prominently Henry Cavill. Um, and so I think that's part of, that my big takeaway from all of this, I'll just as a starting point is I don't think anything has changed. Um, there's okay. a lot to be excited. There's a lot to be excited about in the James Gunn slate. There's a lot of things that are really, I think, you know, for DC comics fans, comic book fans in general, that, that, that uh, should, should be exciting. Um, nothing has changed. You still have uh because of the fact that they're going to continue forward with the robert pattinson batman they're not integrating him into the dcu that's going to be separate it's going to be under the Mm -hmm. elseworlds banner they're going to continue the joker franchise with joaquin phoenix that's going to be separate there are sort of ancillary things like the harley quinn animated series which is obviously in its own little its own little take on everything so that that not being included doesn't matter but those things are content so you're The thing, the reason he's in the job and the reason that the DC has not worked so far is because it's been disconnected and disjointed. That's going to continue. Nothing's going to change. They're going to cast a new Batman in The Brave and the Bold. You're going to have multiple Batmen. Wait. Okay.
0: Rewind for a second. What's The Brave and the Bold? Yeah.
1: Let's go through the slate real quick just to give an overview um so people kind of let's touch base and and so people know what we're talking about so i'll just go through this real quick and then we can dive in on a couple of things um i'll start with brave and the bold and then we'll go through the other ones okay okay the brave and the bold is the batman movie in the dcu and it's going to feature bruce wayne batman Along with Robin, who in this version is going to be his son Damian Wayne, his son with Talia Al Ghul in the comic books. Um, Damian was raised by the League of Assassins and he's just a little murder dude, little teenage murder dude. Um, This is probably the most ambitious slash curious aspect of the slate. That will appear alongside the Batman number two feature Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson will not be Batman in Brave and the Bold.
0: Have they uh, decided on who's go- who is it, who it's going to be?
1: No, and who 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 would you cast that isn't Robert Pattinson at this stage? I have questions. I, I have questions. Um, if Matt Reeves wants to do his own thing that's not connected to dc okay aren't we just back to a la carte we are because right? we're doing the joker we're doing the batman like we're doing you know okay so we're back to that so we're gonna have two batman robert pattinson and an actor to be named later this batman by virtue of the story by damien with with damien is going to be a little bit older so he's going to mm-hmm. be potentially back into the Ben Affleck age range. So why are we getting rid of Ben?
0: We're getting okay. rid of Ben Affleck.
1: Ben is not is done. Ben is not done directing. I I my understanding is I've heard this, I think this has been reported here and there that Ben Affleck is going to direct one of these movies. Um he is not going to be playing okay. Batman. Okay. But I say that and we all know that stuff changes, so yeah um that's the brave and the bold so let me back up then we'll go through the slate really quick um there's an an there's this there's animated shows there's live action shows there's movies there's an animated show called creature commandos which is going to feature very sort of c-list sort of horror slash weird gonzo characters from dc um There is a HBO Max series called Waller, which is going to feature uh, Amanda Waller, who is uh, played by Viola Davis, who has been seen in numerous previous DC movies and shows. She's the head of Tax Force X. She's got her own show. She's coming back. She's got her own show. So there again is a piece of the previous puzzle that is continuing forward. So we all love Viola Davis. We love Amanda Waller. So that's good. But that raises questions just about what we're doing. Okay. Um, this is a sort of been described as a spinoff of the Peacemaker, HBO max series, which is really good by the way. Um, but in, in essence, it's a carry forward from the previous administration. Um, the Superman legacy. This is the, this is the biggest aspect of the, for me, the slate. This is the Superman movie. James Gunn is writing this and he probably will direct, although he has not stated that concretely uh this is not an origin story it will feature a young superman though younger than henry which is the reason they got rid of henry this movie comes out july eleventh, 2025 um lanterns what did you Um, see like a
0: brief glimpse of him in the flash trailer
1: of superman um I, don't, I, I think Superman is in the movie. So Flash features a lot of Superman stuff. So General Zod is coming. Michael, um, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on his name for some reason at the moment. But General Zod from Man of Steel is coming back as the villain. Right. Uh, it's featuring a version of Supergirl. I heard someone told me something about this Supergirl, which is really interesting. I don't think this Supergirl is the Supergirl we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I don't quite know what to make a flash, but we can kind of dig in on that in a second, maybe. Okay. Um, Lanterns is a HBO Max TV show which is going to feature um Hal Jordan and John Stewart, who are two of the the prominent Green Lanterns, um, working together. And it's been described as true detective in space. It's a cop show, space cops. This is interesting um the authority this is a movie based on a team of superheroes which is basically this is the authority is are a group of superheroes who simply impose their will on the world they think they know best this is sort of in the the authority is one of the early 2000s comic book series which is taking a lot of cues from watchmen it's before the boys it has a lot of um, sort of things that we complained about in the Snyderverse. Authoritarianism, strongmanism. James Gunn framed this as these are the guys, these are the good guys who are actually the bad guys. He's setting them up as the villains in the DCU. This is super interesting. I think this is very astute on James Gunn' part. To take the Snyder ethos and present it as the villain, uh, as the mm-hmm. antagonist to Superman in particular. I'm really curious to see how this is going to play. Um, I think it's a big risk, but it's also James Gunn has proven that he can take characters that no one knows, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and make them work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Paradise Lost, this is described as an HBO Max series in the vein of Game of Thrones, which goes back to the prehistoric times on Themyscira, Wonder, where Wonder Woman is from. Uh, this, to me, is the most boring um, I I personally am not interested in anything on Thémiscura that doesn't involve Diana um or you know her sort of youth life kind of a thing. I don't know that this a Game of Thrones like what? And Game of Thrones this, on Thémiscura? On Thémiscura and you know it you know it's I was uh, uh yeah th- there's a lot of sort of reaction this this one in general landed with the biggest thud i think amongst people um this uh, cements the death of a couple things patty jenkins was working on obviously wonder woman 3 she was also working on a wonder woman spinoff which my understanding focused on nubia that is no longer going mm. um uh, that doesn't mean that nubia won't appear in any of this she almost certainly will but that that is toast. Um, Booster Gold. This is another HBO Max series which focuses on uh, the the character the same name. Booster is a uh, a guy from the future who's basically he's just a guy. He steals a suit uh, that allows him to travel back in time, and he pretends to be a superhero to make money. Booster's always been sort of a B-list character in the comics. I think he's very suited to the moment, with the sort of influencer culture that we live in, sort of social media, sort of the celebrity culture. He's a celebrity superhero. When you think of the boys, when you think of that type of stuff, he makes a lot of sense right now. And then the big one, uh, let me save that one for last. Swamp Thing, this is great. This is going to be a movie described as a horror movie. Um... I love Swamp Thing. If it's based on the Alan Moore stuff, let's do it. And then the big one. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. This is going to be based off the Tom King uh, series from last year, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. This is one of the best comic books of last year. I started to talk about it when you and I talked about Fantastic Four. And then I, I decided not to because I, I, we were talking about Alex Ross. But this is one of the best comic books of 2022. Uh, they're turning it into a movie. Tom King is actually part of the sort of uh uh what do they call it? The brain trust there at the, the the new DCU. That's fantastic. I could not be more excited about this one. This is the best take on Supergirl ever. Hmm. And this this is a great story. It's basically True Grit in space, the comic book series. And I imagine the movie is just going to be that and that's exciting to me. Um really excited to see that really hopeful about that i i trust in this being a good movie this supergirl is going not is going to be the i i I assume will not be the Supergirl we see in flash who is a variant um we'll see though right but i'm pretty sure that's the case um so let's talk about that real quick so that's the slate there's a couple other things going on that are nebulous right now and this is not the entire slate there is a harley quinn thing going on uh, has not been announced. Um, the the Flash trailer, the Flash. Okay. James Gunn. James Gunn described the Flash as one of the best superhero movies that's ever been made. Um,
0: of course he would.
1: Of course he would, and I said, <laughs> I said on our pod where we talked about when what the fuck is happening with DC. I said James Gunn's biggest problem, in and this is before the announcement, obviously, but you and I anticipated this, which is that by him saying coming out and saying, we're rebooting, we're restarting, he would basically orphan the movies that are on deck.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? So there's a couple of movies. So Shazam, which comes out on the 17th, The Flash and Aquaman 2. Shazam's box office projections are in the toilet right now. Mm-hmm. I assume that's because he's basic James Gunn has basically said that this movie doesn't matter. So he, you know, there's no reason if you're a DC fan and you've been, you're a Shazam fan, you've been looking forward to this. There's no reason to rush out and spend your hard-earned money watching this movie, which will not matter. It's literally going to be erased when flash comes out in May or June, because flash is going to reboot the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's talking up flash because flash is a big deal flash is going to deal with the multiverse it has sort of echoes of dr strange in the multiverse of madness the biggest aspect of that is michael keaton returning as uh batman uh literally from the 1989 movie um mm-hmm. we see the car uh we see he's back in the the same rubber suit yep i uh, heard Bat- the theme song michael- we heard the theme song. Michael Keaton, who doesn't age, uh, looks literally like he walked out of the the movie, but he's wearing mostly rubber, so you know. But you know what I mean. Um, there's yeah. another Batman in that trailer who is not Michael Keaton. So there's a variant of Batman. I assume this is Ben Affleck, but we'll see. Yeah, I thought um,
0: it. I I thought it was Ben Affleck,
1: but okay. yeah, I, I assume so. He and Ben. I can't remember the trailer right now, but I I Ben Affleck might have been in the trailer um as bruce wayne batman um yeah he there's was, a batman he riding. Was. okay okay there's a batman riding around on a bike who is probably ben affleck but could be another variant still um we'll see uh the supergirl is a variant i've heard some interesting things about her background um and the movie features multiple versions of the flash um the movie is loosely based on flashpoint which is the 2010-2011 big storyline which basically reset rebooted the dcu comic book universe again and that's kind of what they're going to do here and so barry has already been established in the in the snyder cut he can run through time he can run faster than the speed of light basically that's what he's going to do he's going to run and he's going to run into another universe and whether or not um uh Ezra Miller continues forward as the flash depends on his behavior and this movie's success I think they've made that clear you know um really
0: because it seems like he's getting a pass for a lot of his behavior
1: that's what I mean I the he the fact that he's that this is not even a question you know is you know It, you know it's just money it, it's, it just comes down to money they think that this movie will make a lot of money it, it's it's important to them because this is going to be their mechanism for rebooting the DCU. so they need people to see it i don't know i i didn't i didn't get come away from that trailer particularly excited i'm excited to see michael keaton again i think that's great i i look forward to that I, I, I'm astounded that he's coming back to the role because he said for years that, you know, that that sort of thing would never happen. But the, obviously the landscape has changed considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's great. Michael Keaton's going to do that. And, you know, it, it's it's too bad we don't have Christopher Reeve. And there's a scenario in which we could have Christopher Reeve and Michael Keaton in a movie together and, and uh, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. That would have been really, really sweet. But... Um, it's great to see Michael Keaton. I don't have high hopes for this movie. I don't know what's going to happen. And and like I said, my biggest takeaway is nothing has really changed. We're going to get a, a lot of new exciting stuff. I think James Gunn is going to work his tail off, and he's going to give us a lot of stuff to chew on. The reality is, is we're still going to have a, a broken, disconnected universe because of the reason yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Like to me, it doesn't seem like anything's coming together. Like. Um... So everyone knows that Marvel has this inter- interconnected uh, universe where the movies all kind of build something together. DC has never really done that. Like they tried, in a really haphazard way, and I would say it didn't work because they they started from the wrong point of view. They started from how can we copy Marvel? Mm-hmm. And when you start from there, you're always going to play second fiddle. If they had started instead with, okay, what in DC works in the movie in the movie medium? Let's capitalize on that and then continue to replicate like the uh, Batman Begins trilogy or um, uh, the the first Superman movies. Uh, with Christopher Reeve, if they like went back to the, that formula and tried to duplicate that, that would have that's more in DC's wheelhouse. But as long as they try to co- cause this, I was watching Flash. The I'm going to call it Flashpoint, but um, I was watching the Flash movie trailer, and I wasn't excited either. I was like, this this looks like. DC's version of Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, DC's version of Loki, DC's version of everything, everywhere, all at once, DC's version of, DC's version of, like, it was always, and even earlier, when you were talking about the slate, even you mentioned, like, this Themyscira thing, it doesn't stand on its own, it is DC's version of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. Like everything on the slate of DC is DC's version of something. It's like, they have a bunch of fanfic writers running (laughs) like in, in the copy room. And you and I have talked about fanfic writers. I have no judgment on them. I have no problem, but it really does seem like they're pinning their entire IP on copying currently existing. I successful IP.
1: Well, let me say real quick. That's interesting. Let me say real quick. Um, the 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 easiest simple way to sort of explain things in, in in a room in Hollywood is say it's this, but and this, right? Which is so fine Supergirl, for the pitch. It's fine for the pitch, but so that's kind of what happens when they're describing some of this stuff. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. I said. I think I said earlier is True Grit in space. It's a good way to explain it. That's that's. But that's not the end all, be all of the story. What I think throws me, and I think has thrown other people, is when they talk about the the Themyscira thing as being Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has become a little bit radioactive. Um, the in terms of you know when you want to compare it because the the show didn't end well. The show is obviously hugely successful and highly influential. That influence, I don't think, has been as positive as people think. I think it poisoned the early, uh, the the Star Trek sort of uh, uh, last few years. It sort of informed as they got into Discovery and they got into Picard. Those early going in those shows was that, that clearly those folks watched Game of Thrones and they're like, how can we replicate that but in Star Trek? And then. I think realized that that's not gonna work here, um, because it's fucking Game of Thrones and this is Star Trek. So, the- Game of Thrones and Themyscira, I don't. Okay, I may no. I don't. We already know that the the you know they're mostly. It's been you know Hippolyta for ever, right? Right. Run the show. And so, okay, so we're done. So there's a couple, you know, there's a couple things that pre Themyscira with the gods and all of that stuff that are, in and then Circe and things like that, that are kind of interesting. But if it doesn't, to me, if it doesn't involve Diana, I don't quite know what we're doing personally. It, would I be interested in a Diana show on Themyscira pre, um, her going to the world yeah I think there's you could tell stories about her they're gonna be relatively boring because she's just hanging out with her girlfriends all day but you know
0: can can we back up for a quick second yeah I have not seen Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon or whatever that's called I yep. saw the first episode of Game of Thrones and was uh kind of a new adjective for me horrified and mortified all at the same time yep. oh and disgusted with a with a dash of disgusted so i knew that that was, show was not going to ever be for me like yeah mm-hmm. I, I was never going to get into it so what about game of thrones is in discovery and picard what, it, what is that influence? Because like earlier when you mentioned uh, in another podcast, you mentioned um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its influence on Willow. Okay, but I didn't see Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So right. that influence is lost on me. Same thing with Game of Thrones. What is the influence that Game of Thrones has specifically on Picard and Discovery, but also in the general tv show milieu
1: a general uh tenor that that trends towards the dark the grim and gritty which um is weighed down that particularly the first half of discovery season one to the point of i i think it's unwatchable in retrospect it's you have you're introducing characters to kill them immediately uh michelle yo's character whose name i forget i'm sorry uh, her she was the captain and they kill her and Philippa uh, Giorgio. It. Okay, Captain Giorgio. so that this is a classic Game of Thrones move is you're introducing major characters casting major stars and then disp- you're killing them to establish the threat that you can kill anybody at any time, which they then proceed to do in Discovery season one by killing uh, Dr. Kolber, which was total bullshit. They at least had the sense to, to re- redo undo that, I should say. And then they dispensed with um, was it Volk? I forget his name, his human name. But he was the Klingon who became human, and then he was in love with uh, Michael. And uh, right, right. He killed Cobra.
0: So that's is Game of that, Thrones that, and not that, Walking Dead.
1: This is Game of Thrones. Yep. Okay. This is this is the brief so you know and you, this is uh, you have this in picard too which is just a little bit more of the what they classified as adult storytelling what they mean by that is you know we're going to have a little bit more sex and violence we're going to have a little bit more mature themes but like with Zack snyder in the snyder verse not to be pejorative what we consider adult doesn't always mean the same thing to other people for Zack snyder it's adult for superman to break people's necks that's not particularly adult or mature. Adult is when Captain Picard is facing his mortality or what he's doing right now in season 3, which have you seen any of season 3? Nope. <laughs> I vibe. So, adult adult mature storytelling is what's happening right now in season 3 with Capt Admiral Picard vis-a-vis other characters in the show. Okay. Um it's not it's not we're going to kill people to kill them. Bringing back Hugh to kill Hugh in the most glib way possible, right? Not not bringing back Icheb to kill Icheb in the most glib way possible. um, That type of shit, you know? And it's like, that upsets people, you know? You, you're just doing it to doing it because you're doing it to start a conversation on Twitter. That's it. Oh my God, can you fucking believe they killed Ned Stark? Can you believe they killed Hugh? Can you believe they killed Captain George? Why would you cast Michelle Yeoh, right, and then kill her?
0: Whereas I always had the idea that they casted these big names, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, to add credibility, to add influence, whatever. But because they're a big name, they would be too expensive for the whole season, so they could only pay for like one episode. Which means they gotta die. This is the cameo? Uh, that, right? It's Poochie the, all over again.
1: <laughs> uh, definitely not no Pucci going on in these particular shows. Um, yeah, I mean when have... she
0: came back, I was like, oh, okay, cool. But I, yeah. my interpretation was not sure that it was because they are big name actors.
1: Yeah, money is not an object in any of these shows, although it is right now because we have, there. there's some uh, retraction going on, contraction, I should say, uh, going on in the streaming right now, which has led to the uh, announcement yesterday or the day before that Discovery is ending after next season. Um, okay so Picard I mean, obviously I can say three, like that's...
0: I canceled my Netflix subscription because of their practices and vis-a-vis password sharing even though I never shared yeah. my password but I, I don't like that practice <laughs>
1: yeah. so yeah it's it upsetting a lot of people that the password sharing it's just so draconian and so stupid it's like calm the fuck down um but whatever whatever um so that's, that's what I mean by Game of Thrones. And so I, I, I was kind of thinking that we were, you know, and James Gunn has been very vocal about this, that we're going away from the Snyderisms, We're going away from the grim and gritty. We're going to get past some of this stuff. No, we're still going to do some of this. We're still going and you can do adult grown up things that aren't in this space that we're talking about. And maybe that's what they're going to do. We'll see question mark, but we're, that's my thing that again, it's where we're, things are changing. Nothing's really changing. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're not really moving on. You know, am I excited by the Supergirl movie and seeing a Supergirl movie, which I think is going to be kind of serious. It's going to be kind of grown up. This is not going to be the Supergirl that you're later. familiar with. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be kind of a sober movie that's about, that's about grief and trauma and about a woman who, unlike Clark, Clark... Came here as a baby. Came to Earth as a baby. Has no real memory at all of Krypton. Kara did. Kara was a teenager when this all happened, and she watched everybody die. Right? She watched her entire family, her entire planet, and she. She. the fact that that's never been explored in the comics to this point, the fact that that would probably fuck a person up is mystifying, but they never ever considered Supergirl, you know, as anything other than just, you know, here's a, here's a version of Superman, but he's a girl. And so like, you know, she's a character that, you know, like Batgirl, arguably up until a certain point was just sort of there. And so, um, i'm 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 ecstatic to see what comes of this particular movie but yeah i i you know the i i think the i would like to see a dc which i the superman movie clearly is going to be a little bit more this is going to be a sunnier more optimistic superman james gunn's been very vocal about that the brave and the bold sounded initially like this is going to be a different take on Batman, but we're bringing in Damien, which by definition is going to, you know, cast a shadow. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's not going to be interesting, but, you know, it's it's how is that going to contrast with the Robert Pattinson movies, which are just very, very dark. Is this going to be a dark again? Can do, you know, could we do with some color in Batman? Can we lighten it up just a little bit? Um
0: But that's just it, right? Like, that's been DC's thing since The Dark Knight. It's, Mm -hmm. they found a winning formula with The Dark Knight, and that's what they're going to exploit, which is that dark, realistic, in heavy quotes. Um,
1: Yeah, like, that's what they're going to do. Um, yeah. And for Batman in general, it makes sense. I mean, bat, there, you know, the I, it, can you be too dark with Batman? You betcha. Uh, you know, but can you, you know, is there room, you know, w- there was such a visceral reaction to Batman and Robin. The Joel Schumacher movie was way too far in the one direction. And that ultimately led to several years later, the Christopher Nolan take, which... You know, bounded all the way back towards practicality and realism, and you know, just jettison this any aspect of it that was frivolous. And I feel like the Matt Reeves take has just gone I leaned into that just a little bit. For there's a little bit of Matt Reeves is very realistic, but it's still there's something about it that just feels like there's sort of this tension that could spring into the fantastical which i'm curious to see how that evolves um but that being said um i i would have preferred to seen robert pattinson integrated into this um i would have you know but it's not so that's fine i don't give a i don't care about the joker at all um yeah you know despite the despite the fact that lady gaga is going to play harley i love harley I love Lady Gaga. I don't care about this movie. Wait, Lady um,
0: Gaga? She can act? Oh yeah. Oh dude. I she's
1: didn't a great know that actress. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, watch her in House of Gucci and A Star Is Born. She's a really good natural actress. Oh, okay. Um I have a feeling she's probably going to do a really good Harley. Um but I just don't I don't care about this particular movie. The first movie, I think w- the Joker movie would, to me was, I don't, obviously people disagree with me because it made a billion dollars at the box office. So I don't, you know, people liked it. That's cool. I I don't, don't need a Joker origin movie. I sure as hell don't need a sequel. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I still haven't <laughs> seen it. I refuse to watch uh, that Joker movie cause
1: yeah, you're not missing anything.
0: He's, like, I've always understood the Joker to be an absolute, right? Like, he was never supposed to have an origin. and Yeah, and I I didn't like the killing Joker for several, several reasons. And that also had an origin for the Joker. And it's, it's like, I don't need all that.
1: Yeah, you diminish him by yeah. applying an origin to him. And so this thing. And, and then also. Psychology pop psychology and you know also um i really like the movie the first time i saw it when it was taxi driver so i didn't Fair i don't enough. i don't need to see a watered down version of taxi driver um but uh and i don't i don't know what's going on with the sequel i don't really care i won't see it um but i i you know like i said i love gaga i love harley but Uh, but we were going to get multiple harley's so you know that's just a product of the world we live in we've always had multiple harley's right different animation live action we've had multiple batman so that that, that's not new i think what we wanted though the fan base wanted was for the cinematic part we want this cohesion that the mcu has we're just not going to get it we're just not going to get it i've talked about it in the past on the pod that that's not necessarily a bad thing DC's comic book legacy is built on the fact that it has these different branches of this tree um you have watchmen you have the milestone comics you have elseworlds you have you know these great you know sandman you have preacher you have all of these things which are they're all they're all from dc comics but they, they they're all in sort of different aspects of it and they take place in the what in the case of the watchman it's its own holistic thing um that's cool that's a great legacy to have that's a different legacy than marvel which has just always really been about this the the the, the universe. universe yeah um,
0: i i think dc should lean in lean in on the separated stories not integrated like I think they should lean on, lean on that
1: and leverage. Well, I like. think I I think for the movies, you know, people always you know we, we talked about this a little bit last week when I, we were talking about Ant Man and I had mentioned you know I, one thing I'm hearing about Ant Man and Kang is this thing this idea that you know audiences can't keep up. This is really sort of condescending towards audiences. Audiences can keep up just fine. People are like oh my god, how can they, you know they can deal with you know different versions of how many Batman are there. Well, there's always been different Batman in in cartoons and shows and movies. And that that we 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 can handle that just fine. Thank you. But what I think people want, what fans want in the movies is cohesion. And the MCU cohesion in DC, which we've never had. And so I understand that. I wanted that myself. That's clear we're not going to get it. And so I, I, I feel like James Gunn is still riding the fence. Maybe it's just impossible to do. Maybe it's too big to get your arms around. It's just not going to happen. I don't know what all the ins and outs are. Um, you know, all the things he has to deal with. I, I You know, if I was coming in, if I was in his position, I probably myself would have been like, you know, we do need to start over. And I can understand it. You want to come in, it's your show. You don't want to be carrying other people's water. Um, so I don't know, but I, in general, I think it's sort of half a dozen of one, six of the other, very excited about some things, other things as always just sort of mystifying, you know, and sort of more of the same. Um, and so we'll kind of see where it goes and how it develops, you know, um, I imagine we'll get a lot more Superman news after uh, Guardians comes out in May, and James Gunn can focus on that sort of exclusively. But mm-hmm. um, i yeah, I you know I'm I'm I look forward to see how you know a lot of a lot of people are like you know who are they gonna cast as Superman that kind of you know people are sort of excited about that. So it we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Um, you know, who knows? Warner Brothers could, could sell or be sold again, and then it all is just, you know, James is out. <laughs> and so. I mean, that's the thing,
0: right? Like, their their news is constantly changing, and it's mm-hmm. hard to keep up. It's hard to kind of figure out, wait, what's the... What's the most current version of the news
1: um, yeah, yeah, I think the biggest thing that the biggest thing they have grown for is you know that warners tried to recreate the m c u they they were on their back foot but the m c u was a pro was a was necessary it was a product of they they the you know they took what they had and they were in they were they were backed into a corner and you know here's what we got and you know and they did it and and it was run by people not just kevin feige who loved and understood the characters and more most importantly the ethos Mm -hmm. um warner's has not had that to now james gunn is someone who clearly loves comics i think he clearly understands the ethos and i think he's going to bring that to the table um that's exciting that that's cool um i'm excited and he's gonna he's bringing people along with him i mentioned tom king he's bringing in tom king into the brain trust that's for me personally is a win that that's that's about the smartest thing you could do and he's going to bring in really good writers and directors and act all of it. And, and, you know, the, I, I, I feel like these are going to be good movies. Is it going to work? We don't know. We'll see. But you know, um, I'm excited about some of it. Some of it, I'm just like, okay, all right. You know, we'll see. But I suppose that's, that's always the way. So,
0: so we've been talking about, uh, when we talk about the MCU, we always talk about Kevin Feige. Is James Gunn, like, is that confirmed? Because we talked before about James Gunn is the DC's version of Kevin Feige. Is that what's going to be happening?
1: Yeah, he like, running. Is that official now? Yeah, he's running DC Studios along with Peter Safran, who is a producer. Um, They are kevin fight Fe- or uh, james gunn excuse me is in the kevin feige role mm-hmm. um he's the shepherd he's going to be unlike kevin he's going to be writing and directing actual movies and tv and things like that and i i i don't know how long that can last if he's going to be running the shop i, I don't know how but we'll see though um you know he is writing superman probably will direct but we'll see Um, so that, yeah, that's the case and you know, they're, they're, they're doing a lot. It's a heavy slate. They're, uh, they're, they're taking, they're bringing in, like I said, a lot of talent, a lot of writers, a lot of directors, a lot of actors. They're taking a lot of meetings. They're meeting everybody in town. Um, it's a lot going on, um, at the moment. And so, and then that's exciting in one way because it's, it's the MCU is very well established. And so you always have new people coming into it, but it's a different sort of funnel,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the DC, the D you know what I mean? It's like, it's sort of, it, it's, it's top down um, where, you know, like we're doing, I think the way it works is we're doing She-Hulk who has a She-Hulk pitch um the dc right now they there are things that they're doing right we're gonna do supergirl we're, x y and z but they're also taking pitches they're like what do you want to do mm-hmm. so
0: but at because the same someone time, they also with... canned pitches that should have been good like the batgirl movie wonder yeah. woman 3 those should have uh, the the themiscira uh property that was supposed to include nubia like those were pitches that were greenlit and now they've, they've canned.
1: Yeah. I, I, the girl thing I'll just say real quick. Um, the, I, I think they need to stop talking about it. Um, James Gunn and Peter Safran. I, you know, they, they have been, you know, when they did that, when they announced the slate in January, and they, you know, people—they were talking to him. What, what about Batgirl? And 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 James Gunn and Peter Saffron were both like the movie just wasn't any good. We we couldn't release it. It would have harmed the brand. Do you have to fucking say that? Can you not just say that? It it was part of a, it was a pre it was a previous administration, and I'm going into a different direction. That's what you said with Henry. So why why do you have to throw that entire fucking movie and that crew under the bus? Well, that's like just I it, don't right
0: like. That seems a bit extra hurtful and extra petty.
1: It's completely unnecessary, regardless if it was good or bad or ugly, whatever. Why, why would you, especially when you potentially could work with these people again, if you're Marvel, I've said this on the pod before, I'm I'm just going to snatch all of them up and I'm going to be like, and I'm going to have them in movies before any of this DC shit gets shot. Right. Leslie Grace, she's going to be like on a Marvel poster before this fucking Superman movie starts filming. Right, if I'm Marvel, I'm just like you guys are fucking idiots. But Marvel's been doing that because they've been they've been taking DC's lunch money for years now. And you mentioned earlier about it's this is DC's version of everything. The DC thing is late very late to the multiverse. There's been yeah. an arms race between Marvel and the DC for several and Marvel's always going to beat you to the quick because they know what they're doing. They've got it down, right? It mm-hmm. may not all work. We complain, you know, we talked last week about Ant-Man, we complained about this. We complained about that. But you know what we didn't complain about? The fucking movie came out. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we have something to complain about.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right? Right? That, like,
0: the, com- that, the conversation around the MCU stuff is that people have seen it. The conversation around <laughs> right. the DC the, the DCU stuff is is it gonna be released?
1: Yeah, it's like all these people are squawking about Ant Man like like oh my god like it's not making a lot of money at the box office. You know what it is doing? It's on their balance sheet,
0: right? <laughs> it's existing.
1: <laughs> it, it exists. Yeah. So it's like you know it's I I just the ba- I want them to stop talking about Batgirl at least pejoratively. And if when they get back to Barbara, because they will obviously duh. if they don't go back to Leslie Grace, you know, and he's not obligated to James Gunn. He's not creatively. It's not because he didn't cast her. But I if he doesn't, I want to I want to hear his explanation for why is the is the movie bad because she's no good. You're basically saying that now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, this is, the, you, this, all you're doing, dude, is spilling milk all over the floor. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, what I would do in that position, if I watched the movie and I didn't like the movie and, you know, the same scenario happened, I, I would just say, hey, those people are great. They worked really hard, but, you know, we're going, we're going elsewhere. We're, we're, mm-hmm. do, I, you know, I want to do my thing because I want to do my thing. So, you know. I I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, that thing was that was like, you know, that thing was the worst movie I've ever seen, which is basically what James Gunn said. And then a turnaround called Flash, one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. Okay.
0: Yeah. See, like all of that does make sense because I mean, everything surrounding Ezra Miller is just that like, I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm in the minority on this one. But. Ezra Miller's antics are overshadowing any news about Flash. Like, for me, yeah. when I hear any news about Flash, I'm like, oh, that guy again. And I'm thinking about Ezra Miller.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I maybe Flash is a great movie. We don't know. We'll see when it comes out. I, I hope for his sake, Ezra Miller, that he gets the help he needs um he seems like he's a guy who needs a lot of help so i i pray for his success um i find it curious um the the sort of posture on this movie vis-a-vis batgirl they may not be related whatsoever and that, they may not be but in the minds of the public they are because you have a movie being called the worst thing you've ever seen and ever a, bit, a, a terrible movie a movie being terrible has never been a reason not to release it before. I, I'm here to tell you. Right? So you know, and you have a you have a movie which is which is the in the flash, which is if Ezra Miller and again I don't want this to happen, if Ezra Miller were to have any further incidents between now and when that movie comes out, the movie almost certainly is D O A. It may be DOA now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was I'll say as someone who's feels overly plugged in to the conversations on this stuff. That flash trailer did not move the needle at all. Right. So like, mm-hmm. you know, things come out and, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of buzz about X, Y, or Z and things like that at the flash trailer. The, the only conversation about the flash trailer was the fucking Michael Keaton. That was it. And that lasted about, that lasted about 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, We'll see. That, like I said, the 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 box office projections on Shazam are going the wrong way. I feel like the Flash is probably going to suffer from this too. Um, we'll see, though. That's that's a ways out. Um, well,
0: also Black Adam. Did they kind of screw yeah. Black Adam out of the whole
1: thing as well? <laughs> well, that's complicated. I we talked about this a little bit on one of our episodes. Was that the What the Fuck? That might have been the What the Fuck one. The, <laughs> yeah. Um where Dwayne Johnson, uh, the the very, uh, embittered clash with Warners over all of this. Um, Warners basically slandered, uh, uh, the rock in the news by calling him a lot of things. And, and basically the accused him of trying to make a power, a power play to take over DC studios and things like that. Uh, is very complicated. I I just suffice to say uh the the, the Black Adam is not going to appear in uh this new slate at least initially and then uh the rock is not going to be part of the the slate regardless. Um man. Um
0: did you see Black Adam?
1: Yes. How was it? It's was okay. Um it's, it was just okay. Um, it wasn't great. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was, you know, I liked The Rock a lot. Um, to, so for him to sort of take on this very, very minor character in comic book lore and sort of build a feature around him was interesting. It, 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 it felt very paint by numbers. It also was doing mm-hmm. really interesting and taking a lot of really cool legacy DC characters like Dr. Fate and Hawkman and bringing them in there and making it cool. I love that shit. The Justice Society, that was that was great, man. Um, the So I, there are things about it I really liked. I really like him. And I really like that they brought – the biggest controversy was that they brought back Henry. And Henry appeared at the end of the movie as Superman. And everybody was excited because Henry's coming back and we're going to do, you know, we're going to go forward. And then what was it a week later, two weeks later? Nope. James Gunn's like you fired, babe, you know, but, um, it's yeah. Not to so take it's these just
0: things like, uh, without a pattern. Like it's really hard to take them as only isolated incidences into a vacuum.
1: I, you know, the, the, it's just a mess because Warners is always a mess. And so you have you have you're laying down track. You've got trains running down the track and then you bring in somebody like, you know, James Gunn or whoever the last person was. You bring them in and then you're like, I want to change direction. James Gunn's like, I have an idea. And that doesn't involve previous people. Um, and it's just a mess. It's just a mess. But you can do all that and not be – and not have all this mess going on with Batgirl, with the stuff that – and I, James Gunn doesn't have anything to do with Black Adam because that happened all before him. But Warner's has been very <laughs> – it's been this campaign to like, you know, sort of take the rock down a pig. Um, Which – Why? Why? Why is this
0: major multinational corporation being so petty to this dude? Like, it seems like such a weird, disproportionate response.
1: I, the the way that they're present, they're framing it in the press is that he did this power play, which they resented. And the Rock is a lot of things, and the, one of the big things he is is he's a brand and he uh-huh. is involved in a lot a lot he's sort of omnipresent i imagine in person he's probably overbearing to some people because he's he, you know he's got that you know he's one of those personalities he's like i'm the rock he's like he's the rock 24 7 right mm-hmm. um that evidently rubbed people the wrong way and then he's the guy when Vin Diesel was starting drama with him on Fast and Furious and The Rock was like bitch I don't need to be in your movie right like the only reason your movies make a billion dollars is because I'm in it and it's like you know you why are you such a drama queen so he he walks from that it's like it's like it's all this there's a lot of drama with The Rock I guess is what I'm trying to say um but it's, it, again it seems like
0: it's drama, but people are picking fights with him. Not that he's actually doing it; it like, he's not being Ezra Miller. It's that
1: I, people... I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like The Rock probably picks fights, but okay, he he's also the guy who's like he's he's got to be like he's like he's like I know what I want to do. Here's what we're gonna do. He's really good at what he does. He's always successful. And when you get those kind of personalities, I imagine—I imagine—I don't you are probably button heads with people. But you know, um, the idea that he wanted to take over DC Studios—I—I I don't know. You know, he obviously. I mean, that's laughable on
0: the face of it.
1: Yeah, he talked about his ambitions. He he wanted to he wanted to make more movies, and he wanted to have a fight with Superman in the sequel. That's none, none of none of that is out of the anything different from what jonathan majors is doing right now talking about kang where he's like i'm i'm gonna come back i'm gonna kill all the fucking avengers right that's just okay w- yes <laughs> let's let's do that
0: it's also like samuel l jackson saying i want a purple lightsaber because it's different yes and i don't want to die in a petty way i want to i want to die in a kick-ass fashion like
1: yeah I want a big deal motherfuckers love what it's not a big deal He's like, he's like, I want a purple lightsaber, and I want a jack, motherfuckers. And George is like, yeah. yes, yes, <laughs> All right. Like, so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually that moment is actually captured on film. It's in the Attack of the Clones uh, behind the scenes documentary, where Samuel they're filming, and Samuel Jackson's, like, I want a purple lightsaber. And George's like, there aren't purple lightsabers and and Sam's like, I want a purple lightsaber. Like, okay. <laughs> 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 um But it's it's really good. It's like it's, I really like led to all this we right, now we're getting really far afield, but like it, it led to all this like drama amongst fans. It's just, like how can there be a purple one? But I was like, it makes sense because now it explains things. It explains the lightsabers and it actually tells you there there there's there's, They're not just primary colors. They're the mixed colors, too, which means there's actually only six or seven colors. There's orange and yellow ones, which we have seen since. And and there's white and black ones, and that's it, right? So we know that now. That And we have that because of Samuel L. Jackson. So thank you, Sam. But, like, it's not a big deal. And so this stuff with Rock wanting to do this and wanting to do that is not a big deal. That everybody in Hollywood wants to do shit. By the way, Marvel right? and DC, I am available, <laughs> right? So it's like... <laughs> So we all want to do shit. It's like – so I don't know. It just – there's always drama. Obviously, there's always drama in Hollywood, so I don't know. Um, You know, I think The Rock is probably somebody that you want to have around. Like if he wants to make DC movies, isn't that kind of cool? Right? Right? You know, if I'm Marvel, he's another guy I probably want to talk to. I think I can probably use him somewhere. I was talking with someone recently about the idea, like, who could The Rock play in Marvel? And I was like, I. He probably wouldn't do it, but, like, he could play, like, Apocalypse. To me, he would be like, a really interesting Apocalypse. Sort of that. He's sort of that big guy, but right. he's also kind of. He's sort of a left field choice, but I was like, I. I he's a, he's also the guy who's going to be like, I'm just going to kill you guys, and you'll believe it. Um. But. So, yeah, so I'm sure Kevin Feige's been talking to The Rock. So, um, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it, it's it, Warner's is just drama. I just expect it to continue. Um, I don't expect any of that to change. I do expect us to get some really good movies and shows here in the future. James, one thing I know about James Gunn maybe is to wrap up here. Um, he, he's an absolute... Um, he's like Zack Snyder and I've said this before and I I, I always seem to dunk on Zack Snyder but one thing Zack Snyder did was he always fantastic when it came to casting and recognizing talent and Mm -hmm. that's that's James Gunn and so I don't have any concerns about any of that we're gonna get a lot of really good you know talent in front of and behind the camera making this stuff and if it doesn't work that's cool you know, it's just fine. I mean, we're spoiled. Another conversation I had that was slightly different, but, you know, we were talking about Star Trek, and I was like, we're just spoiled rotten right now. You know, if you're from our generation, you're just utterly, you know, we're complaining about these things, and the reality is is that we're we're, we're absolutely spoiled. Oh, because they exist? All this. Yeah, there's just so much stuff, and it's aimed directly at us. And, it's you know, and it's like, you know, we, we're sort of burdened with... You know, there's too much of it to consume.
0: I mean, that's the thing, right? Like we're of the generation now, the demographic that has what we're the uh, we're the group that now has disposable income and is old enough to actually be purchasing expensive stuff, right? When you're a teenager, you have just disposable income. Then, when you're in your twenties and thirties, you have all the bills, and you're trying to establish yourself in your career. But now, you know, in our in our age group, we're settled down. We're introducing our kids to the new to the things that we liked as a kid. At least I think this is the market analysis. I you know with the, with inflation, and everything like that, everything's out the out the window anyway. But I think that's the the I mean, that's, calculus.
1: That's part of it. The other part of it is is that we're we're a generation which is in many respects the first generation that is completely culturally raised. Where we we were raised by TV and movies. And so those characters, Captain Picard Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Superman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those figures mean so much to us. And because they are so valuable in terms of IP, these companies are just like, why would you ever let that sit on the shelf? And so we're just being bombarded with it. Um, We'll be bombarded with it for the rest of our lives. The generation coming up after us who doesn't have that sort of fevered connection to these particular things, curious about but you know how like how long can you sustain something like that and then where does the new come in this is something i think and talk about all the time too i think there is in the culture a desperate need for the new um and th- th- it's but it's always a cycle and so those things cycle in and out um and i think we're probably we're not quite over the hill but we're going towards you know we're bounding through the arc of this cycle and so um, but at the same time, I appreciate it all. I, I appreciate it all doesn't work, but I appreciate that we're getting all of this stuff. It's mostly good. It's not always good, but I, I love you know. I love that you know with Picard, we're bringing back the next generation people. We're getting another chance. It's a chance. It's a chance to sort of right sort of wrongs, perceived wrongs. It's the same thing with all of this. You just get all these different chances at it, and that's a good thing, you know. And you can't complain about that. You can call balls and strikes, but I just, I appreciate the fact that we're having all this and you get to see these people that matter so much to you. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. But real quickly,
0: um, can you elaborate on what you mean by we're the generation that was raised by pop culture? Like what, what did the generation before us, what were they raised on?
1: (laughs) They were the generation before us, um, were the boomers, Right. And so they were the first generation that really had TV in the home, but mostly, Um, but though they have a strong nostalgic tie to TV. And when we think of like classic sort of 60s TV, 60s -hmm. in particular. Yeah. That that doesn't have the same cultural register as all the things we're talking about, Star Wars, etc. And that's because um, we we were the generation. And i you know I'm generalizing broadly here, but I think a lot of guys out listening to this probably are nodding their head right now. We were the generation that were uh, got home from school. Uh, and turned on the UHF channel at 4 o'clock and watched G.I. Joe and Transformers and Masters or Batman 66 reruns and Star Trek reruns. Or we were sitting at home Friday and Saturday nights because the parent uh, went out and didn't come back until Sunday afternoon. So we were watching whatever was on, watching Doctor Who (laughs) 10 (laughs) o'clock on PBS on Saturday night. And uh, you're written VHS tapes when that became a thing. That's yeah, and then so you were. What did the previous
0: generation do?
1: Uh, they went out and they had uh, drunken teenage sex, which resulted in us. So you, and then, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. So we
0: were no, not I having just, drunken teenage sex. Instead, we were watching Transformers and GI Joe.
1: And then, thirty years later, we're podcasting about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right.
0: (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to hear what the comments are 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 going to be for this episode.
1: (laughs) Clearly, clearly progressing. Moving forward, quality of life. Um, Yeah, no, you know, it's... uh, you know, there's this sort of ref- constant refrain with our generation is why don't you guys ever grow up? And it's like, um, I've grown up, I pay bills, I pay taxes. Um, you know, uh, I've done all the adult things. Um, but, uh, you never, uh, never lose the joy in your life. Never, never mm-hmm. lose the, uh, the, uh, ability to be a kid for five minutes or 10.
0: Well, that's just it, right? Like it, uh, it reminds me of C.S. Lewis, who said that when I was a child, I did child things. And when then when I came an adult, I put away my childish uh, thoughts, my childish things, including the the childish desire to like the childish desire to care what other people think. Some of like that I'm mangling the quote like horribly, but like that was C.S. Lewis from
1: the 50s. There's just so many cultural factors that are going into this in terms, you know, the, you know, the, the life at, you know, post-war life in America evolved to eventually where, you know, the, your, your youth is elongated. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in some cases, truly physically, I, you know, I, you know, I, 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 you know, we're younger, longer because we're living longer. Um, our parents certainly our grandparents got to adulthood quicker by, by simple facts of life they were okay. working they were working at a young age they were having children my great grandmother on my granddad's side um, was had. she had 16 children she had the first when she was 14 or 15 that was common okay. in the late 19th century yeah right um they were they they were you, you don't have it's now not uncommon for people for couples not to get married or have children into until the into the 30s mm-hmm. you know so um or even later so we're just on a different time scale you know, and people, you know, the sort of the grumpy old man sort of thing as well. You know, people just don't want to grow up. Um, I, I don't really think that's part of it. I think part of it's antibiotics. I think part of it is we're living in the wealthiest country that ever existed. And we we were, have the opportunity at least to sort of indulge, you know, we didn't have, we, we just had different expectations in our life and the kids coming up behind, you know behind us have different expectations. And, theirs. and so, you know, when you have people from generations, uh, behind ours that are, you know, just, they, they just have a different view of life. Um, mm-hmm. they have, and they, they, they their life is going to play out vastly different than ours. They're on a different trajectory than ours. So, um, it just is, you know, and so, you know, part of it is the culture we live in. We're fed, we're fed uh, culture via all these different media. Mm -hmm. And does that lead to some delayed, uh, what's the word arrested development? Um, maybe it can. Is it the reason why all this stuff is so important in the culture? No, the reason it's so important in the culture is because it makes money. That's the Mm -hmm. real reason. So,
0: because I was going to say like Superman, Batman, they predate us. They predate our generation by a long way that like, that was the previous generation but it doesn't oh, certainly have the staying power as it does with ours right like it means more to us you were mentioning earlier uh, the the reruns of star trek in the 60s the doctor who reruns
1: that existed yeah all of those for us it did and all those things matter and they have real power and you just have this you know as media advances through the 20th century until you get to the 80s and certainly by the 90s when you have home media, then you have this absolute inescapability of it and absolute, mm-hmm. you know, just saturation. And like I said, if you grew up in an environment like I did and a lot of people did, um, you know, you you probably were sitting a lot in front of the TV or reading books or reading comic books or sitting at, sitting on the floor in front yeah. of the comic book stand, reading comic books yeah.
0: stand. Uh, who is it? I, I want to say the writer of The Family Guy,
1: who just grew
0: up watching TV, and that's why Family Guy has tons of obscure <laughs> TV references.
1: That's probably why, yeah. and that's why there's comic book references throughout the Eververse books and things like that, and it's probably why I, I got a great review for Stargun Messenger. In which uh, this person said that if, if James Joyce had grown up reading X-Men comics, he would have written this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, um, you're 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 always a product of your culture, and we're products yeah. of pop culture, and and so." Um, yeah it's yeah it's just it's just an interesting thing and so what we do what do we do is in our adulthood we are middle age we we'd make a podcast and we talk. we we dissect these things and we talk about them and we work out our anxieties about them and all these other things and it's like you know and that's just, it's just part it's just part of who we are in a way that you know um that is is bears thinking about itself and there's a lot of cultural studies that have to do with why (laughs) why. right right but but it's it it just is and that that's okay too you know it's like when you know you're living and breathing it It's cool it's no worries you know it's Mm -hmm. like i you know i don't ever think i'm not being an adult i i'm kind of tired of being an adult actually to be honest with you but um (laughs) you know so if i you know if i want to spend an hour with Captain Picard or, you know, go to the movies and watch Ant-Man. No worries. That's, that's yeah. cool. So, or if I want to complain about darn. DC, <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: That'll do it for today, folks. Thanks again for joining us. Once again, I'm Darby Harn, and you can find more information about me and my books at my website, darbyharn.com. I'm also on Twitter. Twitter, at Darby Horn, Sugu, how can they find out more about us in the podcast?
0: You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach us at our email address, shelfwarmers at gmail.com. Send us feedback about the show, your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, and insights on our perspectives. We're always happy to hear from you, our audience, and we'd love to share your opinions on our next show. Again, that's shelfwarmers at gmail.com. And if email isn't your thing, we're also on Twitter. You can reach us at Warmers. Give us a holler. We have new episodes every Friday. As always, remember to stay safe, wash your hands, practice social distancing, and get vaccinated when you can. Stick around to listen to a free clip of more content from us. Subscribe today and you can hear the rest of the following and more. Bye-bye.